Welcome, everybody, to episode 130 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at Hello, hello. at Two on Three Pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. I'm Chris, and I'm generally hungry, and you can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter. And with me tonight is Ty. Where can we find you down to grab a bite? Well, I post no food pornography on Twitter at S-E-A-T-J-K. I just never got into it. You never, you never, you always have to draw the line. Like, I don't want to take pictures of the stuff I eat before I eat it. But you know, you have people in your life who do that, right? Very few. I've excised most of them. <laughs> <laughs> We've shown most of those people the door. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I couldn't hear with you more. But, uh, but tonight we are, you know, tonight we're going to talk about the fact that I need something to eat. So, you know, in segment number one, we're going to talk a little bit about our face, some of our favorite spots. Um, in segment two, can you cook? And in three, um, how to pick a how to pick a restaurant just by looking at it. I like it <laughs> with a bit of an Asian twist. <laughs> then you'll lead us through that. <laughs> I'll lead us through that as we discussed. But before we jump into all that, um, I just uh, I spent that first part of my week, Monday and Tuesday, out at the uh, junior state, uh, junior golf state qualifier for uh, for my kids. Oh yeah, and yeah, and it was it was the hottest days of the year, so it was actually kind of nice to get out there and walk around. Um, but I have to tell you the. Watching junior golfers is like this sort of microcosm of all the things you love and hate about golf. Okay. Yeah. Not and every fashion's good. Everyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's the we talked about golf fashion, but well, kids, yeah, I mean, yeah, kids these days are just dialed. Right. Well, they want to dress like a tour pro, right? I mean, it's not any different than when you're a kid. You want to look the part. Right. Yeah. They're I so many of the kids are just simply just dialed. Like, and it makes me laugh. That that's funny. Do you but, think they like map out their outfits? I think maybe some of the parents are involved in this. The script is scripted. <laughs> Script. Getting like some kids obviously had new clothes for the for the occasion. Yeah. You know, to for for state qualifying because if you qualify for state, you want to look good if they, you know, if the pictures come. A lot of white trousers. <laughs> some some pants, some some uh some kids, you know, are wearing the pants. Yeah. Like it's 85 degrees out there and like there's some kids who are wearing pants. Yeah, man, they're ten. They want to look like the tour pro. <laughs> and uh, but I have to tell you, when an eleven-year-old does aim point, I just want to scream. <laughs> I want to scream at the top of my lungs. For for people who don't follow golf, aim point is this thing where you stand like near near your ball and you feel the you feel the slope with your feet, mm-hmm. and then you measure the slope with your feet at a couple of different points along your intended putting line and then you stand behind your ball and you and if you feel like it's a one degree tilt or a two degree tilt you have to hold up one or two fingers and then like you look at it you look for your ball in your cup and you hold your hand out there you see some pros doing this mm-hmm. I, I, I i'm guilty of it like very rarely when i yeah. basically the only time i do it is if i look at both sides of the putt and it looks like it breaks both ways uh-huh. You might see me walk about halfway between my ball and the cup, and just stand there for a minute and, and try, try to, to feel the, the and try to feel it. Yeah, and also to read like the last three or four feet, right? Because that's ultimately what's going to matter the most. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll get between my ball and the cup every once in a while and just try to get some idea of which way it actually breaks. But an eleven-year-old who hasn't <laughs> who hasn't sniffed the cup like all day doing aim point is is ridiculous. Well, the theater of golf is one of the things, right? So I don't even think they're doing it because they're getting anything from it. They're just like, well, I see Adam Scott do it, and he couldn't putt his whole career, and now he can. So <laughs> that's a this is part of the parental thing. This is part of the parental thing. Absolutely, and that's 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 poor parenting influence. It's really poor parenting influence. Now, I'm I'm of the mind that that my job as the parent who's walking with their child, because you're not really allowed to interact with your, with your golfer. Right. There's no on course coaching. There's no, absolutely. All I'm there to sort of cheerlead a little bit. Like, you know, Hey, good job. Hey, keep your head up. You don't want to pull a Serena Williams out there. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, go fight, win. You know what I mean? These are, these are the things I'm supposed to do. You know, can you say activate your glutes? (laughs) Is that coaching? I wonder, would that be (laughs) activate your, activate your glutes. I notice it when I forget to do that to set in my setup. I hit a poor shot, so hey, it'd be a good reminder for me. <laughs> me. Me yelling at my 11-year-old to activate his glutes would be a little creepy. 
I think it could be. Uh, but you're just out there to you're out there to you know you know just to be there for them. So mm-hmm. if they hit some rough rocks, you can they can look at you and then g- hopefully gain some comfort, maybe anchor themselves a little bit, a little, and then just keep plugging away. See, I always preferred my parents not to come to my games. I was <laughs> yeah. the kind of child. I was like, yeah, I don't. I'd rather you didn't come. Yeah, I was the third of three, and my folks never came to my games. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really. I didn't really have a choice. But so I told my kids this, I tell my kids this story all the time, but I said, you know, I'm just going to be there. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not here to bother you. I just want to, you know, I just want to watch you play. Right. Don't, don't get nervous. I'm not judging you. But this 11 year old kid who, one of, one of the kids who we were playing with on the second day, like hit the rocks, like hit the skids. And you know what happens? Like a couple of bad shots go off and then your head starts to spin. It happens to professional golfers. Right. Yeah, but to an eleven-year-old, when you hit the rocks, like <laughs> like the shit just goes bad. It just goes terrible. And this boy's father couldn't have been more like demonstrably. Did I? What did I say there? Demonstratively. Do you said demonstratively? Demonstratively. <laughs> he couldn't be more upset, like and mm. openly so. Oh, histrionics about, about like like. Like hands on the head, stomping around, to the point on the ninth hole when that kid finished out, and I we was I sort of hat tipped all the kids. Hey, good job! I always say it's good job. It was really nice watching you play. Mm-hmm. You know, good luck. I mean, these are the things they do. His dad had already walked off and walked over to the scoring tent, which was a hundred and fifty yards away. Like his dad didn't even wait for his son. Greenside to walk with him to scoring. Oh wow! wow. And who's that for, really? Like, you're, so what you're doing if you're the parent at that point is you're showing the other parents that you care so much and you're so invested in this that you want them to know that you couldn't possibly like find that acceptable. Right. Like, what other can you imagine the kind of asshole you have to be to think that other people think the same way that you do? Right. I was gobsmacked. I could not believe it. And I've seen I've seen some poor sports parenting. Sure. But I was just, I was floored by that. I was like, you are not going to wait for your kid? He's an 11-year-old boy yeah. who, and his dad is nowhere. His dad It's not is, like he's trying to hit bad shots. No. And so I waited for him, and, and you know, my son and I sort of waited for him, and I, and I walked them both over to scoring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was like, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I was, That's I terrible. Was, I was, but... My son must have soloed under a lucky star because first the MIG and then he slides into Cougar space. <laughs> he, he, he's the alternate, and then one of the kids uh, is going on vacation, so he slides into the state, into the state tournament. As going well. on vacation, huh? Yeah. Right yeah. on. Right. Good plan. Fantastic. Good, good, good plan, Dad. Jesus Christ. So, so the kid who, got the, kid who uh, got the last spot, his family's going on vacation. They can't play at the state, so my son slides it. All right, which, which, which I would say because my son got into the into the state championship last year and was DFL, mm. so I was like, I just don't want him to double it's DFL. A tough scene. <laughs> like, 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 Somebody's got to come in last, man. You want you want to be the I don't want him to be the double DFL champion. Of, How much of, driving of does state. that sign you up for? Uh, Spokane. Oh, fun. Yeah, for two days. Anyway, it should be fun. My nice. daughter didn't. My daughter who played uh, pretty well the first day. I mean, she's a Shark Tank, and she just uh, she just came up a little bit short hmm. and did Sorry not qualify. I'm surprised but, to hear that. But I'm dragging her to play practice rounds <laughs> in Spokane with my son, and then we'll 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 uh, we'll head out to Spokane and then play some play a practice round, and then drive home the next day, and then he'll play. I think the first week of August, I think, is when they're going to play. So right. a little more golf left this summer for the for the for the Chitlins. There is a, a plethora of fantastic golf courses in Spokane. So yeah, and I'm not going to get to see any of them, to be yeah, honest with you. So, <laughs> are you playing on a good one? Is it a- no, I think it's it's called Esmeralda. I think it's just a city. I think it's just one of the city courses. I think because, I know Esmeralda because because we play um, because we play in the younger age group. Uh-huh. They get sort of shuttled off to. Yeah. To to the to the I think the less prestigious course. Yeah, they don't want to upset the members of the country club with a bunch of ten year olds and eleven year olds These are good golfers. They they're well behaved, but yes, they they certainly don't want that. But uh, yeah. it should be it should be fun. 
This should yes, be fun. it's a uh, it's 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 a uh, Esmeralda. Alda. Oh, Esmeralda. Yes, it's uh, not like it? Esmeralda from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> <laughs> it's not named after a witch <laughs> or of, of any kind. She's a gypsy. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. All right, S- segment number one. Because I have been missing eating out. And again, it's it's. I know that perhaps you don't eat out as much, but we we tend to we tend now that the our kids are older, and they're generally not interested in hanging out with us. Right. Um, they're cool to like eat house food or like we'll we'll pick up something for them, and then then my wife and I will just dash off. And that eat sounds something. fantastic. And someday and someday it will happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> but at some point, you know, at some point it will. Uh, but but I do miss I do miss going out. And eating, and so uh, so I thought I'd sort of ask you: Are you are you are you also missing? Are you also missing some meals out? You know, I really do uh, enjoy going out to eat. It became a lot more challenging um, once I became aware of my food allergy. Uh, it's just it's I, I don't look forward to the conversation, so I tend to stick to the spots. Right, like mm. I've kind of got a, a solid rotation of five or six places and I just go to those spots because I know I can eat there. I know I'm going to enjoy whatever they give me. And um, honestly, my primary driver is the quality of the cocktails and or the, the beer. So for me, it is what kind of alcoholic beverage do you have here that I enjoy? And is the food passable? Yeah. And your neck of the woods has some decent places. Yeah, we do. Okay. Um, there's definitely a couple of spots down in, in like sort of what it's not old Bothell, but the original Bothell downtown, right? I guess mm-hmm. it's still downtown for whatever that would be. Um, but we've got, you know, we've got a McMinimins out here now. Right. And that's, that's always pretty solid. A lot of choices there. Um, but I miss it. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's not, it's just, it just doesn't happen very often. Like my wife and I don't, the kids are still young enough that they need a babysitter. And we don't love it so much, you know, and she's a vegetarian. So we've got, you know, the compromise is, is often challenging for us, right? Uh-huh. So um, I think the thing I miss going out for the most, and even though we didn't do it very often, is, is something like sushi or just high-end seafood. Because I find that seafood to be the one thing I just, not only do I not enjoy preparing it, I'm just, I don't have enough reps and it never comes out. And so I don't even want, you know, we're like, a, I got some fish sticks for you. Yeah. So that's, that's I got some. I got some Gortons. But I really like seafood when yeah. it's extremely well prepared. Even though you know, again, not that frequently. But yeah, I miss that part of it. It is uh, seafood is without question like a high risk situation because number one, it's generally expensive. Yes. And if you f it up, like you, you're just basically out the money, and you're gonna just you're gonna eat <laughs> the crappy seafood that you yeah. that you've that you've made. Yeah, I miss I miss the sushi though. Like I miss going to the sushi bar. Getting some rolls, some some sashimi, and then like one of those huge beers that they always have at the restaurants. Yeah, Yeah. like the height or the whatever, the Sapporo. I like the, uh, this is my Chinese restaurant beer, the the Tsingtao. Yeah, 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 how come come the Asians are down to make like a 40 and... And it's kind of classy when you order. If you if you order a forty of Asian beer, it's like a good time. And but if you yeah. order a forty of American beer, you're just a you're complete scumbag. <laughs> what, what is like? What's the deal with that? Yeah, at the sushi restaurant, I do the, the Kirin, right? The, uh-huh. the Singtao is more of the Chinese restaurant deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. I know, so yeah. we'll save that. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know why that is the case. It is, and it, it, it and somehow it seems. I think you're only supposed to drink one. I think that's part of the, I, do, I, I always drink two, and then I feel terrible. You're only supposed to so fall. They've made the assumption. You're, if you order two of the giant beers for yourself, all of a sudden you're, you've, landed, you've landed in a, different, a completely different area code. Yeah. From the server's perspective, they're like, oh, God, here we go. This guy's going to order another tall monster Kirin. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Get down with it. But, um, but um, are you missing anything... In particular, like, so if we talk about breakfast, um, I always think about, you know, like, like a basic, your basic breakfast joint, maybe something slightly upscale or something like really upscale, like breakfast, upscale breakfast doesn't happen for you. Breakfast is basically flat off the table for me. Yeah. Nobody makes breakfast without butter in it. That's true. Um, And then like having the conversation at a breakfast place is impossible. Um, The one thing I will say that I miss the most is uh, because my my breakfast go to since without dairy is steak and eggs. Mm-hmm. So I definitely miss going to like Jack's grill 
you know, and then they would, would do a little fillet, little eggs. They'll make the steak with oil, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then, I, yeah, I, I miss that. Uh, I miss eggs Benedict in general because holidays, yeah. you know, yeah. can't do it. Um, but I've been missing breakfast for, you know, 10 years. <laughs> so it's, um, I miss like going to the Blue Star and get a huge omelet. These, I mean, I, I, mean, yeah. I miss, miss a lot of those things, but that's not really COVID related. It's just diet. Yeah. Oh, side sidebar on the Blue Star, the one on Stone Way, right? The, yes, the famous of Blue Star. The uh, I used to live down on Green Lake. Sure. And so when my wife and I first started dating, she would come into town because she was living at one point. She was working and living in Japan, but she would show up every several few to several weeks for business and whatnot. She just kind of route herself through Seattle, so she tell us out. more about the whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know what the whatnot is. Anyway, I would take her to the Blue Star. Yeah. And I would order my regular breakfast and she'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to just go ahead. It's like, you know, and cause, because I was in love and was going to get to make out with her later. I was totally cool with whatever she wanted to order. She would order like an, a, a make your own omelet that cost like $45. I don't know what the hell she was putting. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd like it with, uh, can I get an omelet with the this and the that and the this and the this and the this and the that? And you have like the add-ons or like a buck fifty, two fifty a piece. Yeah. Like, by the time she, like, got done ordering, the, I'd be like, well, at least I'm going to get to make out with her later, because this omelet is, like, costing me 35 bucks. You're like, four toppings max, woman. <laughs> you think this is? I, I was in date mode. Like, in marriage yeah. mode, you're like, what are you doing? Are you, yeah. trying, are you trying to kill Are you trying to break us? But um, the Little Johns for me, the Little Johns, I'm sorry, Lil, Lil, L-I-L apostrophe Johns over in... Uh, over in Bellevue. It's my spot. And I haven't been there in nearly long enough. But it was, it was one of those places that always got super crowded. Oh, yeah. Eastgate Lil' John? Yeah. But yeah. Th- but then they bring you out that, like, hubcap-sized, like, cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. Which, I, the best part about eating out is to get things you can't make yourself. Like, I could probably make some hash browns and all those kinds of things. Like, right. eggs. I can certainly make all that stuff. Uh, but it's that cinnamon roll. Like, you just can't reproduce something like that. It's talent. You have some talent to do that. Yeah, no, I can't. I mean, that's. Oh, I, I don't mean to hit us with another sidebar, but Lil John, I have, I do have a, a quick story about Lil John. <laughs> sure. So in college, it, it was on the on the weekend. It was a regular thing. Like this is back before there was traffic all the time, and you could get from you know the university to Eastgate in less than twenty minutes. Sure. And so going out there wasn't that big of a deal. So we would go out places like Lil John, or we go to the East Side and and various other places to to eat. And I just remember. This one guy, very aggressive personality, even though he was, I don't know, I don't want to get into it. We didn't get along, put it that way. <laughs> but he wasn't talking to me. He's talking to somebody else. He's like, oh, well, we're all going to go Lil John. He's like, I don't want to go. One of these other guys says, I don't want to go Lil John. And the aggressive guy says, why not? He's like, why? Well, other guy says, I don't like Lil John. It's, it's gross. And he's like, what do you mean it's gross? It's delicious. He's like, there's always flies in there, which is true, by the way. It's true. Well, <laughs> but since then, it's burned down and been remodeled. Maybe it's better now. It's better. But then the aggressive guy said, just the, I, I'll, this sticks with me forever. He says, well, then don't say you don't like Lil John. Say you don't like the, fro- the flies at Lil John. <laughs> like, be specific about what you don't want. He doesn't like the experience of eating at Lil John. Yes. But the, the food is unassailable. No, it's, it's tremendous diner food. And they, uh, and, uh, but it's usually packed as hell. And, of course, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to go there to eat. <laughs> But the uh, I do want to go there to eat, but I'm not going to go there to eat. Okay. Uh, lunch, lunch wise, what are you? Uh, what uh, What are you missing? Tacos, man. Tacos. You got a tacos. taco? You got a taco recommendation for our listeners? Um, you just got to go somewhere where they're like, it's the high quality meat. Yeah. That's the thing that matters the most, right? High quality meat, high high quality tortilla. Yeah. Um, I can't say that that I have a specific place that I just go to the place that's down the street. It's passable, and they make great cocktails. Mm. So. I miss the Friday afternoon. Hey, it looks like I don't have any meetings this afternoon. I'm going to go down to, it was called, it's called Paquitos. I'm okay. going to go down to Paquitos. I'm going to get some street tacos and like three margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a lunch, people. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, for, um, for, there's a really nice taco truck that I like. A Monos taco truck. It's, it's parked, um, like a, in Bellevue. Just south of 20th, so Northrop 20th and 130th, 131st place, or 131st Street. Um, terrific, terrific uh, burritos, terrific tacos. Um, and uh, and I generally uh, will pick up, like, burritos on, uh, like, on a Friday. Like, right now, Fridays, because every 
every few Fridays I have to go to the chiropractor around lunchtime, mm-hmm. about 11. Mm-hmm. I, I always make my appointment for about 11. So after I go there, hit the taco truck and then come home with lunch for everybody. Um, that one I can go to. That one's still available to me. But I miss, you know, having used to work in the Queen Anne area for years and years. I miss uh, the Toulouse Petite, the little French restaurant that was next to um, Pesos huh. up there on the. No, I don't know it. In Lower Queen Anne? Well, I uh-uh. guess it's kind of. I don't know. What would you call it? Mid Queen Anne? There's <laughs> it's halfway up. <laughs> yeah. You, you know where Pesos is, right? Yeah. So you've never been to that French restaurant next door? Uh-uh. Oh, yeah, never, it's fantastic. Never so had I, the occasion. Yeah, so uh, I just I missed that place. It was really great. Seems, just, seems fancy. Whatever it says it's French, it seems fancy it, to me. It was, it was like on the, like the, maybe the $3 on the Yelp menu. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here we but say. it was always good for a business lunch because yeah. you didn't feel bad about maybe spending a little bit more money when it wasn't your own. Yeah. The thing I miss most for lunch is the hot case at the Wajimai in Bellevue. Because, okay. Okay. because, <laughs> because, because usually I could, you know, even on a busy day, you could dash in there, hit the hot case and be out of there. But now right. they have this entry thing where it's like a switchback from, hell that you have to stand in and then they they have to check you out and then before you go in then because they're controlling the population inside the store right okay so i was gonna say like did they just do this no like, unsolicited no no it, it's, yeah they're just they're just controlling how many people can be in the store at one time mm-hmm. and people are shopping so people aren't just you know people are in there for a while right so i can't just dash into there get you know hook up with the lucky meal can you call in advance? Up. No, no, I no. The hot cases. Have you tried? No, I guess not. But I don't want to try to call them. <laughs> yeah. Can you run a hot? Can you run a lucky meal out to me in the street? I bet they would. I bet they might. That's a good. That's a that's a nice solution. I'll, I might have to try that because I do miss uh, the the Wajimai in Bellevue makes terrific uh, Filipino food. Mm. So it's a good place for me to just not have to cook my own and just what? and square it away. What is Filipino food? For those of us that aren't, aren't familiar, Filipino food's sort of like a Spanish, Polynesian, Chinese food. It I know, but to, like, what are the dishes? Like, a, I, chi- I've, eat, I've eaten it. I have an idea, but share with our listeners what you're talking the about. The classic chicken pork adobo, which, if you're friends okay. with me on Facebook, I did cook one on Quarantine Kitchen, on a Quarantine Kitchen segment. Ah, well, if you put it on Instagram, I'd see it, but I deleted my Facebook. <laughs> I know like you did. <laughs> no but, regrets. Uh, the, um, but yeah, it's, it, generally, um, it generally skews not spicy it, it okay. so it's kind of sweet like polynesian style food mm-hmm. like the classic chicken pork adobo has got like uh garlic vinegar soy sauce and you know peppercorns and then mm-hmm. you just stew it for the like the entire day and then you eat it for dinner it's uh, a okay. super easy to make um but that's probably from, from a filipino standpoint the the flagship the flagship dish all right anyway all right, I know we're running over on this segment, but it's all right. but dinner. Are you missing a dinner spot? Anything in particular? Yes, um, and this is really uh, so. I mentioned seafood at the top of the segment, yeah. And I really wish that that my wife had enjoyed it more as, as someone who doesn't, you know. So there's a place in Edmonds um, called Salt and Iron, and it's oysters and steak, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> What's the place and called? Salt and Iron. Salt like, and Iron. Salt and it. Yep. Okay. I only thought uh, ice cream places were allowed to be something and something. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, that's what, we're just oyster and steak here. All right, and it is it's it is it's incredible. Um, they have like a, there's a smoked pork smoked pork belly on the app menu that's fantastic. They make a great old fashioned. I mean, basically everything that I want in a fancy meal is available to me at this place. That sounds that's, that ticks all my boxes. If you got a, if you've got a really if you have a really good old fashioned, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much ready yep. to come to your establishment. Yep, and then the oysters, uh, and I'm like very picky about oysters. Like uh, people, like if I'm off the cookout. Like at the if people bring oysters to the tailgate. Now, no, I'm good. Thank you. No. Pass. But the oysters there were fantastic, and um, unfortunately, my wife did not really go for them. Not really her thing, which I understand. Yeah, it's, I get it, it is. It yeah, but they also have. That's kind of a just, love them or hate them. People 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 generally don't have lukewarm feelings about oysters. Well, and that's the thing is for me, it's situational. Yeah. Like I, it's got to be fancy. Like I, yeah. uh, one of the first places I ever ate them was at FX Mercury's back in the day, down by the yeah. stadiums, right? But even when they're um, good, some people won't eat them. It, they're disgusting, to look <laughs> and the texture is highly questionable no matter how well they're prepared. It's, it's like a, it's like an ocean loogie in a shell. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. Uh-huh. But these are fantastic. They're served at the perfect temperature. Um, it's just they're. 
I miss. I'm thinking about it right now. I'm getting upset. <laughs> uh, and then they have a steak frites, and and not only so you can do, and you have a choice too. You know, most of the places steak frites is like some crap half. Like maybe maybe you get a New York cut if you're lucky. Yeah, it's usually like it's not it's a non-special steak. No, mm-hmm. they offer you either. Uh, you can get an eight ounce flat iron at eight ounce fillet, or you can do steak frites with a twenty four ounce cowboy ribeye. What? Yeah. So if you're feeling strong, you can do, get in there. They also have a pork chop, and it, it takes a lot for me to recommend a pork chop. But. Pork chop frites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, love. I didn't miss restaurants until I talked about that. I just now I realized I really like that restaurant. <laughs> I want to go. Man, I've never been. I gotta go there. We gotta go. We, go. we gotta get. We gotta go together. Yeah. Once this whole bit, they have a view. Uh, no. So it's like in the little downtown area. Yeah. Just sort of so just off one of the streets. Yeah. There's, it's a pretty small spot. Got it. Got it. Wow. Now I'm, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save the, uh, we'll save the, uh, the extra part of that segment for another time. Oh yeah. Cause my burger was going to, my expensive burger was going to be from salt and iron also. Oh, steakhouse. We have a burger. We have a burger segment. We're going to get, we're, we'll have to come back to it. We'll come back so. to it. All right. All right. Segment two. Now in segment two, been doing a lot of cooking at home. I mean, it's, everybody has been. We all we're all in the same boat here. Um, but who does the cooking? Do you who do, do you guys share the cooking, or do you do you tend to do more of the cooking, or does your wife tend to do more of the cooking? What's how does it work there? At your uh, we almost always cook together because um, I cook all the meat. Again, she's a vegetarian, so mm-hmm. she just again doesn't have the reps. Yeah, um, and I've you know I've been doing a lot of it, and the kids eat meat, so I, I do all the meats. Um, if we're eating something that's not meat centric, we're generally trading off. Um, especially if it's like the kid dinner, right? right. Like, uh, it's going to be chicken fingers. Know. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Something like if we're cooking out of the freezer, that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's like just whoever gets to it. Oh, uh, we each have our, like our, our specialties. Like my wife makes a, a tuna noodle casserole that I just can't get done. I do, I've tried to make it multiple times. I, I want, you know, I want me some tuna noodle casserole. So let's, let's, does she use some sort of canned soup? Is there like a cream of mushroom soup involved? Or is there? No, we just use a, it's just a, like a broth. Like just the chicken stock. It's uh-huh. not even chicken stock. It's vegetable stock. Okay. Um, some flour. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some butter. Butter, flour, vegetable stock. That's it. And I just can't get, I can't, I don't know if I don't have the patience or if I'm cooking it on too, <laughs> too high. I always overcook the noodles. Yeah. And then, and then it goes in the oven for a little bit and gets bubbly and crusty. So yeah, you have some different options. Like we can, we've done the pan one where you just, you eat it, you just let it thicken on the stove and mm-hmm. almost like you're just making, you know, rice aroni with noodles. Right. Um, but yeah, you can put it in the in the, the dish as well and like crisp it up. I think casserole I think casserole has gotten a bad rap. I Hot think, dish? Yeah. I think people yeah. I think people should eat more casserole. I think I should make I because I never I never make it, but I sh- I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna make some casserole here coming up. An ex girlfriend of mine used to make a noodle casserole that I and I, I was like, if you keep feeding me this, I'm going to weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not for like everyday eating. But I wanted it all the time. <laughs> I can see where I can see where a, a really hearty casserole will do that, especially like in the winter time. Like, wouldn't it be bad? Like, wouldn't it be just the best to just throw a casserole in? And then when the late football game came on, like the four o'clock, you know, the the Sunday night game come on, like have just a open the oven and just have a hot casserole come out of there and just sit in front of the TV and watch football and eat casserole. There's yes. And there's something about egg noodles where I can eat them until I die. <laughs> like I can just eat an egg noodle based dish, no matter what else is in it. I have this, until I can't move. I have the same thing with scrambled eggs. You could serve me scrambled eggs until all the eggs in the world were gone. And I would just continue to eat them. I do, there's, I never get full or tired of eating scrambled eggs. I feel that way about like fried eggs. Like if you make the fried eggs correctly and you kept serving me like two hot fried eggs without stopping and they were always over medium. <laughs> you would just keep eating. <laughs> well, I think I've told the, sh- the, the story on the show before about when I was trying to sous vide eggs. Uh-huh. And so I like, wasn't paying attention and like all of a sudden I'd eaten like nine sous vide eggs. And I'm trying to get the texture right. right? <laughs> I didn't right. want to throw them away. Because two degrees when you're sous vide eggs, two degrees makes a huge difference. Yeah. And it was when I was first learning. Yeah. So I went through like nine eggs and then made myself ill. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep eating them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, we, we, you know, I like to cook. Yeah, again, I'm the protein guy, right? It's the, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm always in charge of that for sure. If there's chicken to be cooked, if there's beef to be cooked, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you get into this whole, you know, I grew up in a rice house. So if there's mm-hmm. rice, if there's rice in the cooker, you know, there's plenty of stuff you can do, and like you can yeah. take a stir fry, and you can make 
chicken pork adobo, which is one of my specialties. Again, that's that's one of those good ones because you can cook it all day. It's not a good summertime dish. It's more of like a like a like a dish you make when it's not nice outside. Yes. Yeah. And then I wish it was easier. I wish it took less time and less effort. And not less effort. Just less time to make. Like I make. Uh, I have a lot. Uh, quite a few different like pulled pork recipes that I make in the slow cooker. Uh-huh. And I found one that the kids love that's like kind of brown sugar based. Okay. I just wish that, I don't know, it, it came to mind more often because you got to like have a lot of stuff to put it together. Yeah. And you have to start that at 10 in the morning or, yes. yeah, or like, no, you have to like start- when I'm cooking it, it's like, I got started at like five. I the- get up and start it <laughs> like, and then go back to bed. <laughs> See, that's, that seems onerous to me. That seems like, uh, it's, it's, it's that's hard it. living. The kids will eat that for days though. Like they'll. I can get a lot out of it. I love the I love the sort of green egg smoker champs that I'm that that are on my my social media feeds who will will start a brisket like the day before like a sixteen yeah. hour brisket. I'm like, good go. I just don't, I I have I have a I don't have the big green egg because I just didn't want to spend twelve thousand dollars on a smoking <laughs> on a grill, but the um. But I have a Kamado. I almost said Komodo. I have a Kamado style grill that works real well. But I haven't. I just don't have the nerve to 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 do a to do an overnight cook mm-hmm. in it. And I just don't know. I just, just it would just be it make me nervous. It makes me nervous just thinking about it. Like most things, Mark Zuckerberg ruined the big green egg for me in that weird video <laughs> he put out there making ribs like a year or two ago. And like somebody is super cut. I think I've mentioned this before too. But somebody super cut all the times he says "sweet baby rays." Into like a video where so it's just this video of Mark Zuckerberg looking at the camera with that weird expression that he makes. And, Sweet baby rays. Sweet baby rays. It's just that's all I can think about. And now I... But the uh, but my wife uh, makes a really lovely uh, like spaghetti, like spaghetti sauce. Like she makes the sauce. Yeah, yeah. From wow. from components. I mean, it's not like she just you know it's not a, it's not a crack a jar kind of thing. But she but it's good because again it's one of those deals where. It has to start early, mm. and then, and again, it's like when it's nice out. Nobody thinks about starting. You can't no. do you can't do spaghetti sauce in the summertime because no one wants to hang out in the kitchen at ten o'clock in the morning. Like, I don't you, want to hang out over the over the stove for twenty minutes when it's eighty five <laughs> degrees outside. Right. It's brutal. I just, I just want to be outside. I just want to go yeah. do something. Yeah. But the uh, but uh, it seems to be what it, it seems. It seems like this is the time of year where eating out really is the thing. Yes. Are you cooking anything that you don't normally cook? Like, are you taking advantage? The, the, the challenge that I have had, at least early on in the lockdown, was that, you know, a lot of our meals were based around food that would keep, right? Yeah. Because you couldn't go to the store on a regular basis, or I didn't want to. Anyway. Uh-huh. And so I'm not trying to get, like, a lot of fresh ingredients. Like, during normal course of a regular week, I might go to the store two or three times because I'm going to get some fresh, right? I might cook yeah. this tonight or cook mm-hmm. this tomorrow. Um, but that's not really happening much these days. So a lot of times we're cooking out of the fridge, out of the freezer, out of the pantry. Right. And that, that doesn't lend itself to sort of fancy types of cooking. No, no. You end up with basic stuff. Like you thaw some chicken and you make a stir fry. Right. Yeah. Or- and I also, again, I have a first grader and a third grader. So I, I'm i not going to spend an hour on dinner to have it complained about. I'm just not. <laughs> like I'm going to end up putting the kids in the trash can if that's like, right. like oh, you don't like it? Well, yeah, go, take your- it out to the garbage and put yourself in there while you're out there. <laughs> you go to bed hungry. Yeah. See if I give a shit. You know you will not have any cereal or whatever the hell you think you're going to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. Sidebar on cereal. Uh, ever since we did our snack episode, like the snacks got better, we should definitely do a uh, cereal episode, a breakfast cereal uh, okay. bracket. But okay. the other day, for some odd reason, I mean, God must have been smiling down on me. But there, there was a coupon or something, and my wife bought home Captain Crunch. Mm. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good. And what's and, the condition of the roof of your mouth? <laughs> intact, albeit, okay. albeit slightly roughed up. <laughs> However, so I happen to be a rat. My, my wife lives this, lived this sort of hilarious existence. I'm talking about her a lot tonight. But um, I was there the day she ate her first Big Mac. Mm. And I was there the day she ate her first bowl of Captain Crunch. And the magic, and the magic is... The magic just, you know. Wait, was the Captain Crunch thing like this week? Yeah. Like, like she'd never like, had it before? Like a week ago. Like last week. She <laughs> never had Captain Crunch. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's, this is what I'm saying. It's, I get to, 
I get I get to watch her discover the magic that she never got. Like her folks would like her folks would never her, her mom would buy a Captain Crunch in a billion years if it was the only cereal left on the planet, right? Wouldn't she get like shredded wheat? <laughs> Something like that. Not even the frosted no, mini wheat. Not the frosted mini the shred the no. big shredded wheat yeah, that you like have to the crumble. Size of a ham sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> you have to crumple yourself <laughs> into the bowl. Man, nobody don't nobody need that. Some raisin oh, my bread. My grandparents used to have it at their house. I was like, God. what the fuck is it? It's a <laughs> loaf of bread you put in a bowl here. What is this? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we eating this? Hand you know, me the sugar bowl. I need to drown this thing in it. Right. Anyway, then my kids got hold of the Captain Crunch, and it was the first time they had and Captain Crunch. And then it was and gone. And that was it. I, had, I got one bowl of Captain Crunch, and the whole thing disappeared. Now I'm going to demand we get some goddamn Captain Crunch in this house. We had to make a rule in the house that Cinnamon Toast Crunch is only for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, cinnamon toast crunch and cinnamon life. Anyway, both tremendous, tremendous. Right, well, let's right. not step on the cereal bracket that's clearly coming up. That's coming. It's coming. <laughs> All right. So if you were to, so if you were to have to cook something on beat Bobby Flay to it, to beat Bobby Flay. Oh God, what my would you, skills what would you have atrophied. You don't. Um, ha- you don't have a. You don't have something you want. Like, so for those of you who have never wa- who don't watch the Food Network, there's a show called Beat Bobby Flay where some chef has to. You know, cook against some other chef, and whoever wins that competition has to cook their signature dish against Bobby Flay, and Bobby Flay will just sort of like make it. They they obviously have to prepare for this, right? Because they always seem to have the ingredients and stuff. I don't think it's a huge secret as to what they're preparing. Sure, but what 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 are you going to go with to to the beat Bobby Flay? Oh man, um, I might do like I might do. Like a roast pork chop with roast broccoli. So I got to get the good, but but I don't have thirty five minutes. So you get, I think yeah, you I get can't like, do that. Okay, right. so I'm just thinking about what I can cook. That like I'm just trying to think about things that I prepare that people tell me, hey, this is way better than when I make it myself. And the, yeah. but that takes me. I mean, that I need a four. I need. I got to like a twenty four hour brine on those pork chops. <laughs> I really want to get the good shit. That's not really a good competition. What can I make cooking? in a half an hour? There's nothing. I had nothing. I would lose. I would just stand there and stare, and I get nothing done. I, I'm not. I'm not. What I what I focus my cooking life on is making basics extremely well. Yeah. So I, I've got nothing that's like I can slap together some kind of magic yeah. sauce in in a, in a 20 minute period. Right. So with a pressure cooker, you could do the chicken pork adobo, which is probably what I would do. But this one dude went on that show and made it and then decided he was going to make a fancy version of it. Okay. As opposed to, you know, because usually what happens is they come with something very traditional and then Bobby will do something kind of out left field to because to differentiate it or whatever. But uh-huh. this guy like took the most like sacred and and you know, staple of Filipino cooking and decided to jazz it up. And I was like, dude, don't jazz it up. They always try to jazz it up. Don't jazz it up. Just serve. And then the judges were like, I thought this was pretty good, but it was kind of jazzed up. <laughs> I was like, yes. Like Filipino people don't want your jazzed up adobo. They want mom's. They want mom's adobo. I wouldn't know. Anyway. I'm Sidebar on Bobby person. Flay. Sidebar on Bobby Flay. That's not a sidebar. That was ultimately going to be the thrust of the segment. We just took forever to get to it. Well, I know. That's like, no, but I'm going to sidebar on Bobby Flay. Oh, I saw, oh, you're starting one. I, yeah, thought, you, start, I thought you were no, wrapping no, no. up your I'm starting. I'm starting a sidebar on Bobby Flay. Got it. I was, uh, I was, uh, I, I saw that Bobby Flay was doing this thing called All-Star Best Thing I Ever Ate. Mm. And Bobby Flay was like, oh, yeah, best thing I ever ate was this. I'm surprised he didn't say uh, Gian De Laurentiis's butt because I think he may have, I think he may have eaten that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's. A, he, I, that's not what I was expecting. <laughs> he's. He is a famed swordsman. Mm. So. Yes. So uh, I'm sure. Stick. Stick man. A noted stick man. <laughs> noted stick. To borrow from our friend Michael Rappaport. Yes. Noted stick man. All right. Segment three. So in segment three. Um, came across this article from a little while back, but it's the Ali Wong Guide to Asian Restaurants. Okay. <laughs> which, Ty, which Ty does not want any part of. But it's pretty <laughs> funny. You, yeah, I, I'm, you can read it. It's pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, it's from her book. Um, have, have you ever seen her do... Have you ever seen her stand-up on Netflix? Have you ever Have you ever, Have you you ever? ever seen any of her, her stuff? Yes. Her stand-up? Yes. I, didn't she do a show when she's pregnant? Yeah. That's yeah. the one I've seen. Okay. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and then uh, and then she did the movie. She's done. She did that uh, movie. Always be my maybe. Have you seen mm, that one? I have not seen that. No. With uh, 
um, Randall. Was his name Randall? Randall Park? That sounds right. You know, Randall Park is, sidebar in Randall Park early, he is one of the very few DC Marvel crossover guys. Okay. He's, he's, in, both, he's, he's in both DC and Marvel movies. Oh, Always Be My Maybe is the... I think of this as the Keanu Reeves meme movie. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's the Keanu oh, he's Reeves He's got the meme. glasses on, he's yes. doing the hands. Yes, yeah. It's like, I would like a dish that references time. <laughs> Not the spice, but actual time. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, Randall Park, funny guy. Anyway, he's, uh, he's, he's one of their... Can you name two other... Can you name two other uh, Marvel DC guys? Well, how is he? What, explain the crossover. I don't. Think he I, I know. is well. He's he plays uh, one of the agents in. Um, he plays this uh, one of the federal agents in Ant Man. Okay. Yes. And then right. and he's, he's an Aqua check in guy. Yes, and then he's in Aquaman as like this uh, conspiracy theorist scientist about how there's a whole entire civilization living under the ocean. Okay. That apparently we don't know now because. Aquaman like lives around and everyone knows who Aquaman is. So to answer your question, do you count does it count if you made a movie unrelated to the current versions of the cinematic universes mm, that exist? I'll, I'll allow it. Okay, cuz my two obvious answers are I think very obvious. Okay. Uh, uh Ryan Reynolds. Sure. Right? Green Lantern, Deadpool. Yes. He ruined he ruined Green Lantern. I'm still pissed about it. Okay, but he didn't ruin Green Lantern. Yes, that movie did. sucks. That's what I'm saying. He ruined it. All right, fine. Next. Mark Strong, fantastic performance as Sinestro in that movie. Awesome. By the way. Hidden in there. Awesome. Yeah, uh, and then Ben Affleck, Daredevil, Batman. Daredevil, Batman. Good ones. Good um, songs. Uh, oh, Halle Berry. Catwoman. Catwoman. Storm. Yeah. Yes. X Men is not officially one from like Twenty years ago. Yeah. Jamon Hunsu. Okay. He's in Guardians and he's in uh, Shazam. Oh, I, okay. I've only seen Shazam once and on an airplane, so I don't remember his presence. <laughs> Chris Evans. Chris Evans? What DC movie is Chris Evans Yeah, in? The Losers is actually a DC comic. You remember oh. the, that movie? With the, yes. The, uh, basically the A-Team? Yes. That's a good movie. I should see that one more often. Anyway, back to Ali Wong. Okay. So Ali Wong writes down these things that if you walk into a, a restaurant here, there there are good things, and 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 bad things. So she breaks these down by um by by Asian cuisine. I'm just gonna skip to the one with for uh, Chinese restaurant. If you walk into a Chinese restaurant, the good there's a tank full of live fish in the front. Standard. <laughs> this is true. Mm-hmm. This is a true story, because. Ye's Walk, which is in my neck of the woods, has and I was in there to get to pick up some uh, takeout. You pick up takeout or you take out takeout. Okay, I went to pick up takeout. You pick up takeout. You pick up takeout. Anyway, and the fish are still going, which is nice. I like to see the same I don't, fish. They're not eating fish. They don't have the eating fish though. They have just I think they have uh, ambiance like a, fish. Like a koi tank. Yeah, I mean there's like yeah they're 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 ambiance fish, not eating fish. Okay. Does this have to be eating fish? I wonder. I'd, I'd ask. I'd like to ask Ali Wong, but I know that um, Top Gun, Highway to the Dim Sum Zone, in Factoria, they've got eaten fish in there. Is it really called that? It's called Top Gun. Top Gun Seafood. Oh, okay. And I just, Why is I, it called that? And I don't know. I mean, the people who decided to call it Top Gun. It's really good. They have terrific dim sum, and I always say Highway to the Dim Sum Zone when we ever go to Top Gun. Interesting. Do you think that they like thought that was like a super American name? Like, what are the Americans like? I'm not yeah, guns. They like guns. And there's that movie. And there's the movie with the Tom Cruise in it. Yeah, they like guns and Tom Cruise. Let's call it Top Gun. Yes. Okay. And also in the in the I think this is a good sign. A good sign that you're in a good restaurant is the pork and shrimp will arrive right away, but it takes an hour to get a glass of water. <laughs> that is an interesting thing that I have experienced. Yeah, yeah, and there's no and the surge. <laughs> here's on the bad. Here's when you know you're in a bad uh, Chinese restaurant. The wait staff asks you, "How's everything going?" <laughs> and and says things like, "Thank you and nice to see you and did you leave room for dessert?" <laughs> the Chinese restaurant that we go to on a regular basis does not have a tank of fish. Okay, the service is pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Once you get your meal, you will not see the server again until the, they bring you the check. Right. And they serve drinks, but like 
only name only. Like if I don't remember to ask for beer when I sit down, I'm never getting it throughout the whole meal. <laughs> right. You can't stop. Them. You can't stop them as they whiz by. No. And they have like the Chinese news playing on the TVs. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love to see that. I love when the uh, when maybe uh, there is a tank a... of fish in there. <laughs> I just don't think it's in the front. Yeah. I so, think they just have it. Oh, you know what? There's a fish tank that separates the dining room from the kitchen. Nice. Yeah. But it's it's decorative? Yes, yes, yes. It's not food. It's not no, food it's a, fish. No, it's, it's like tropical fish. Oh, got it, got it, got it. I, it was, <laughs> so I went into a sidebar. I went to a teriyaki joint um, in DuPont where my kids were playing golf. Mm. And I went there to order. I called in order. I went to pick it up. I went to pick up takeout. <laughs> and I go in there and they have a giant TV like this you know they have they have the giant TVs that have the menu on them which is fine and then in the corner there was this giant TV like 50 65 inch TV and they're that they're playing Adam 12 on they're playing like an old rerun of like can we not use this TV for something it's always productive? gigantic too yeah, I mean, I get it. TVs can be kind of aren't, aren't particularly expensive, and you want a giant TV in your teriyaki restaurant. I get that, but why are you running? Why are you running reruns of a '60s terrible '60s police show? Uh, can't we put something on that's? Just, I mean, I would have begged for Asian news cast. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that what's on the TV in the Chinese restaurant is whatever the people who are working there want to watch. <laughs> that's it's not for you. They don't. <laughs> TV's for us. <laughs> It's not for the guests. <laughs> These people did not be wanting to watch Adam 12. Guarantee you that. You think? Uh, well. No. No. Um, okay, here's for Filipino. Here's for Filipino restaurants. The good is it's in an auntie or Lola's house. <laughs> Bad news <laughs> is if it's a business and not a family member's house. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> there, um, it is, I guess, if you're, especially if you're Filipino. But I'd, aside from the hot case at the Watch... I don't think I've ever had, like, gone to a Filipino-style restaurant and just been blown away. Like, wow. I'm not even aware of one. There's one place. The only place that somebody has raved to me about is this place called Archipelago. Mm-hmm. And it's a $165 prefix. And you have to make, you had to make your reservations for at least four days in advance. And you eat what they, they and you eat what they make you. Okay. For 165 bucks a head. And you're going in blind? Like, a, they serve you five or six courses, and, you know, they're buying whatever's fresh and available, and apparently it's kind of a thing. It's a, but, but you're, 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 you're throwing the dice on 160, like, basically after tip, for me and my wife, we're talking about like 450 bucks. Plus, if you order alcohol, it's more. So, it's like a $500 dinner for two people, and you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> Wow. Would you? For Filipino food. I don't know enough about it. I'd really have to get some like no. menu. I'd do some research. The answer is no, you wouldn't. Okay, good to know. And I, and I guarantee, and as many people have, have raved about it or whatever, and as many glowing things as I've heard about it, there's almost nothing. Unless, I don't, I don't, there's almost no, there's almost no situation where I would go into that said, you and your wife, you give us $500. <laughs> We'll make you dinner. No, I don't know. No, I yeah. What's a there's a there's a super super duper famous sushi joint in New York City, um, Masa's or something like that, where they actually fly sushi in from Suskiji Fish Market like every day on a plane. Okay, and you go there, and again, it's like a prefix, but it's. Again, like a thousand bucks a head. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna put, you're gonna throw down a thousand bucks for your meal for yourself. And at that point, you're just spending the money to spend it. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Again, I can't imagine I'm gonna enjoy it a ton more than the most expensive and, you know, most expensive sushi joint in Bellevue. I can't no. imagine. I can't imagine I'd put it in my mouth and go, "Oh my god, this is like the greatest thing that ever happened to me ever in the history." No. I'm much more inclined to nitpick about something on the bill than I am to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that tip on that, the tip on that is is going to be uh, is going to be wild for sure. I, I noticed that she includes on her positive things for Japanese restaurants that the toilet has the Toto washlet today. 
<laughs> I was thinking about the Toto washlet today, a bidet today, like the full yeah. on, like the four thousand dollar, like super throne. Yeah, with the, the one war- I, the one I in Tokyo, my hotel was amazing. With the warming and the yeah. music and the the thing had like twenty buttons on. Oh it. man, I deserve. Did you ever one get one? We talked about this a while. Did you ever get one? No, I still haven't gotten one. So do you know that one is amazing? And I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. I said this before. But it's now ruined me for being able to go to the bathroom outside my own house. Everywhere. Yeah. We yeah. go to the in-laws, and they have those, like, old small toilets. Like, <laughs> like, it's the kind of toilet I can't even, like, get my stuff in there while I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> like, that's how small the seat is. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to bring a replacement toilet seat with a gap in the front so I can get my proper tuck. Right now, I've got to, like, separate the two moves, one and two. Because I can't get the stuff in there. The toilet is so goddamn small. What do they live in, like Alcatraz prison? Like honestly, I, these toilets are not made for Americans. I don't know. <laughs> that is a horrible story. That is a horrible oh, it, story. It was rough. We were there for like two days. Oh man, and. Dreading it. My, You're just dreading it too, right? You my gotta, butt is bleeding by the time we're going home. <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, I can't handle it. Oh my god, so funny. That is the problem about having like good things at your house. Like, yeah, we have a we have a nice bed that's very comfortable, and then you go sleep in a hotel, and you're just oh, like, yeah. this hotel, I'm just this is not no, a we, treat. We, this is not no. a treat. I'm, I can't we have wait the to get home. Yeah, we have no. the Tempur-Pedic, and then I got to go sleep in another bed. This is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have to go to your in-laws' house, sleep in that in the guest bed, and then sleep in the guest bed, and then use that toilet. It's yep. like double worse. It's just like, yeah. like, man, they don't even make like prisoners at Gitmo no, poop in a toilet like that, do they? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, don't know I think the Geneva Convention prevents prisoners of war from having to poop in, in toilets. I think like next that. Next time, I'm going to try standing on it and then like getting in a squatting position. I think that will be more effective this- than trying to sit. Hash, uh, hashtag sidebar at an Asian restaurant in Las Vegas. I walked into the bathroom and they're plastered very prominently on the top of the toilet is a please do not stand on toilet seat <laughs> plastered on the like m- multiple warnings, like one on the one on the tank and then one on the wall. Huh. Do not stand on toilet seat. I realize this is a problem. <laughs> It's a it's a squatty potty thing. I guess you hurt yourself. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that kind of. I don't kind of have that like hip mobility. I couldn't. I couldn't do that anyway. I don't know. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. My God, get us to overtime. No dad jokes. Did I not say dad jokes? No, you didn't. God, this is what you get for letting me host this stupid show. Well, I can't do it every week. I would. We wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> <in this case. laughs> Why didn't I wait? I, well, you know what part of the show this is. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! Dad <laughs> jokes of the week. Woo! All right. Um, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's a shocker. This is, this is my shocked face. Uh, what vegetable was forbidden on the ships of Arctic voyagers? Leaks. Uh, Why so specific? Yeah, it's Why a, is, Arctic Voyager? Is this a Shackleton reference? <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> I literally don't. Can you please explain to me? Shackleton was one of the first dudes to... Um, he was an early explorer of Antarctica. Oh, okay. And his ship, the Endurance, got wrecked. Mm. And then they had to like eat all the food and the dogs, and they all like survived, and he got them out of there. Like... Oh. Through just amazing ingenuity as a seaman, and yeah. uh, it's a great. Well, that story. wasn't in the Arctic, so the Antarctic oh. is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you leave me alone. Let's talk about polar bears and penguins next. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure this is a joke. A man walked into a bar, and a uh, man walks into a bar and order ten, orders ten pints of beer. He lines them all up on the bar and announces that he'll give one hundred dollars to the person who can drink all of them. A fraternity brother raises his hand and says, "I'll do it if you can wait thirty minutes." The man agrees, so the brother leaves the bar. Half an hour later, he comes back and chugs the ten beers one after the other. The man is impressed. Tell me, he says, as he hands over the money. Where'd you go for that half hour? 
Well, says the fraternity brother, before I took your bet, I ducked into the bar next door to see if I could do it. So I guess the joke here is that college guys drink a lot. That's a that's a long way to go for joke calendar. I almost didn't read it because it was so bad. <laughs> Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were made in Greece. That's right. Why did the boy bring a ladder to school? He wanted to go to high school. <laughs> he should have brought marijuana to school. Don't, don't ever say that. <laughs> Stay in school as long as you can. <laughs> While walking through the jungle, a man encountered a lion. He fell to his knees and began praying for salvation from the terrifying beast. All of a sudden, the lion bent down right next to him and started to pray as well. It's a miracle, the man shouted. Excuse me, the lion said. Would you mind keeping quiet while I'm saying grace? Oh my god, that lion can talk? Yeah, right? Knock, knock. Who's there? Grandpa. Grandpa who? Oh my goodness, stop the funeral. (laughs) (laughs) What do you call a potato wearing glasses? A spectator. Spectator. Yeah. That's more in the classic vein. I prefer the classics. That was the classics. (laughs) Let's go to the overtime. No, do you want my do you want my joke? Oh yeah, well I don't know. You, I was waiting for you. I was done. Oh, I didn't say finally. I'm sorry. We're a mess tonight. Huh? <laughs> That's fine. After you talked about pooping in that small toilet, I've been like completely, <laughs> I'm completely at sea, out to sea now. I'm like my head's just spinning. <laughs> Once I decided to start telling you that, I knew I was going to derail you. It's going to be great. The uh, are are we sure that COVID isn't an Irish flu? Because every week it's Dublin. Ooh. <laughs> I thought you'd like that one. It's a distinctly American concept. <laughs> Badump. Badunt. Now the OT. Overtime. All right. Speaking of COVID, nice transition. Thank you. Um, my COVID item this week is why I conti- how I continue to rationalize like people's ridiculous behavior. Okay. And it... So, you're, you're, are you familiar with Pascal's Wager? No. Okay, well, I'll bring, let me bring the listeners up to speed for anybody who doesn't know what that is. So it's, it's a very simple concept. It's that uh, Pascal argues that a rational person should behave as though God exists and seek to believe in God because there's no downside, right? Because right. if you're right, you're going to go to heaven. Right. But if when, you're wrong, then you still lived a life full of virtue and right. you have a positive legacy. There's no downside. But wouldn't God call you on your bullshit? He's like, yeah... Now you're actually, so that, that that's the, actually, the rejoinder is the atheist wager. Right. So the atheist wager is that, well, it, God, if God knows you're full of shit, then... Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yes. Right. So Pascal's wager is just basically this idea that, and, and, and in fact, I, I have had people in my life before tell me that they went to church and stuff specifically because they were like, well, why not? Because if I'm wrong, there's no downside. Yeah. So that to me is concept that I, I guess that that's my approach to the, to COVID is that I'm just going to behave like it's really easy to get and that it's likely to kill me. And if I just, if everyone just did that, the problem would solve itself. And I wish that we could just get people on board with this simple concept of no one wants to make things harder for you. There's this, you know, things have become so politicized in this science and medicine and, and, and the erosion of trust and, and institutions and expertise that like it immediately is like, well, we don't need to have all these crazy overreactions. And it's like, yes, but if we just eat the shit as fast as we can now, then we won't have to eat the shit for the like for a year. Right? It's sort of like the difference between if I gave you a bucket of shit and I said, <laughs> You have to eat this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how long it takes you, but as soon as you're done, you're done. You don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. You'd eat it you're fast. Not, you're gonna eat shit every day for a year, or are you just gonna eat it until it's gone? Right. And then move on with your life. Right. I mean, this is not. Yeah. And if the, and this if this is a mask issue, it's like just put the goddamn mask on. Doesn't it's not a it's not difficult. No. It's not. It really isn't. It really. I mean, I find that you just I, you know, every morning grab a clean one, put it in my pocket along with my wallet and my phone, and when I if I have to go to someplace, I put it on. This is not difficult. Yeah. It's not. It's just and and uh, and they did. They finally uh, they did. I mention last week that the uh, our uh, our school had this town hall, this crazy ass town hall. I don't think you mentioned this. No. All right. So our school district had this crazy ass town hall where um, it was a Zoom thing. So um, 
I got into the Zoom. It was uh, one of those webinar web webinar type ones where you have like uh-huh. a Q&A like that uh-huh. or, and of course no one can just jump in. They have to they have full control over the presentation. Right, you have to like raise your hand and say I would like to speak. Right, but they, they have access. but they don't. This but it was a town hall but no one was allowed to speak. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it wasn't really a town hall. I don't know if they understand what the concept of town hall is. Yeah. But they were presenting all this stuff about what the fall might look like. There's going to be a five-day remote option, and then there was a hybrid option where you could go to school for two days and be, and then remote for three days. For for families who needed extra support in that way, that you know that that they felt like their kids would benefit from being in a school situation, or you know, I get it. Like some people have to work, or they have they. Sure. I mean, there's I get it. So. No, the thing that concerns me is the, the, the ongoing inequity of people who can take it upon themselves to educate their children outside of the classroom. Meanwhile, right. people yeah. who can't. Can't. Yeah. Right. right. So they're having this thing. And I so I I have a big screen, so I uh, so I opened up the quick question. <laughs> I made the mistake of opening up the question, the, the online question thing, which mm. was which was for the, an hour just going buck wild. Like Question after question after question, bow, 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 bow. And what I noticed was there were a ton of teachers who were like complaining and talking. I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me you're presenting all this information to us, the public, and the teachers haven't heard any of this? It was wild as hell. I could not believe it. I was blown away. It's like reading about your firing on Twitter, like if you work in sports. Right. <laughs> oh, I got fired? I got traded? Shit. Yeah. No, one, no one told me. Yeah. But I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, they finally they finally just wiped it clean and said, okay, everyone, everyone's going to be remote in the fall. And, um, and people who need additional, you know, if you have, if you don't have broadband internet at your home, you, you're, you can get, you can, you basically request a hotspot, which they will give you to use and then if you don't have computer equipment you can request a chromebook and every every student has access to a chromebook should you need one so mm-hmm. so we're back that's what that's that's our official fall in our neck of the woods but it was just kind of crazy the way it got there the town hall like i said just i was just blown away by it oh also the town hall only allowed a thousand people into it well, i think the zoom has a limit yeah but there are 18, 19,000 students in the in our school district. <laughs> so you could imagine the outrage on Facebook. The Facebook post was even more hilarious of all the people who were like, "What the fuck are you doing? We can't get into this thing. This we're all being denied access to the town hall." Oh my god. Sounds terrible. It was it was messed up. And I don't mean to oversimplify the idea that look, closing businesses and you know, taking away people's livelihoods, it's a complex issue. And yet, if we had a high-functioning government, you might argue that we're going to close businesses. I mean, you look at other countries that eradicated the, the thing. There was, I shouldn't say that everybody's eradicated it, but like a place like New Zealand, right? Yeah. It's almost a model response. The first thing they did was shut businesses and give everybody, give everybody a bunch of money. Yeah, and again, and, and New Zealand can pull that off. I mean, they... they can, it's smaller. No, I get it. They can shut their but, borders. They basically... I mean, they basically murder their tourist, tourist tourism industry. And so if you But it's you, short term though, it's not permanent. Yeah. And the government can and then the government can step up and say, I'm sorry we ruined your tour boat industry, your tour boat right. business. I'm sorry you're what flat on your ass. We can we can provide you some support. That's that's the beauty of living in a smaller country like New Zealand. Right. My point is more about individual behavior, not large systemic choices. Yeah. But what happened to better safe than sorry? Yeah. Right? Because again, we talk about the Pascal's wager idea of it that if you're if you're wrong and it's not as bad as you think, and you took all the precautions, well, there's no real downside to that, except that you were in minorly inconvenienced for a period of time. If you're, if you're wrong, and it's because you don't want to do it, and you don't take it seriously, the downside is you or someone you love dies. I just don't, I yeah. can't get with this idea that people just can't, it just, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I don't, want, I don't want to get back into this. I don't want to finish the show on the same <laughs> note we finished it last week. <laughs> that was a hard left turn. It's all right. Okay. All right. So, Pascal's. I thought we were going to talk about Pedro Pascal's uh, performance in the uh, <laughs> no. in the in the Mandalorian. Just why? I just I just wanted to be like I just it's it, when it really boils down to why people won't behave, the logic just doesn't hold up. And I mean that's usually the case. But I, behave. Part of what I do on here is is exercise my frustrations, <laughs> and hopefully other people that feel frustrated say I feel that way too. I feel it. 
thank you for vocalizing. I, I feel it in my apparently my underwear. All right, well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that next week. We're, We're gonna talk it. about that next week. Yeah, I'm gonna save it for next all week. All right. All right. Well, that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, and you know, doing the right things to help other people. Do your part, and doing your part—that's what we hope you're doing. We just hope you're doing your part, whatever that means for wherever you're at. We hope you're doing it. If you don't already, please subscribe and a review via your favorite podcast provider. Actually, you know what? I know that there are hundreds of people that listen to this show every week, which I appreciate very much. Ten people have clicked the the, the stars on the on the podcast app. Just click the stars. You don't have to write a review. Do I have to click? You can say to, five do stars. Do I have to click the stars sucks. too? You could. Okay. Doesn't matter. I don't actually. I don't really care. It's just everyone else seems to chase reviews. I always feel like I say this and nobody listens, and I don't actually expect them to. But I don't know. Yeah. Well. Smash those stars. Smash those stars. <laughs> or if you if you follow us on Twitter, uh, retweet our uh, retweet our um, our post. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Be a pal. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next week with more pop culture, life strategies, and existentialism. And until then, peace! peace.